All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. And this is just not any new day. It is a new year and even a new decade. So we pray that you guys have had a blessed holiday, blessed Christmas, and a blessed New Year. And it is just amazing that we've made it to another year. We, have, we were blessed enough to make the wake up list. But as, um, as I'm about to mention, it was not such a happy New Year for a lot of people around the earth. And um, one story that I read um, in St. Louis, it was four homicides within the first three hours of New Year's. And I couldn't believe it four people actually dying that short together close to each other that is crazy and in another news um a california man he was working on his laptop lazinthia says happy new year god Lizinthia. bless you all glad to see you Lizinthia. Good to see you happy new year to you as well um so this california man was sitting at a starbucks i believe just working on his laptop and then somebody came up and stole it and he was trying to get it back he ran out and chased the people who was trying to get it back and the people that stole it actually fatally struck him with their car so the the thieves car that stole his laptop ended up being his death because they ran him over now i don't know if they ran him over intentionally or was it accidental i'm not sure but it's just sad that a, a life was lost over that you know we we need to stop being so greedy and stop trying to take what other people have and lazinthia says i'm from st louis it's sad yeah, so I'm sure you heard about it. It's just crazy. And then in um, my very own state, Sharon, Happy New Sharon. Year. Thank you for joining. In our very own state, the capital, Jackson, Mississippi, three children were fatally shot. Well, three children were shot. I'm not sure if they if they died or not um, in Jackson, Mississippi. So it's not such a happy new year for everyone. But with the with God's grace and his mercy, we would all be able to make it through these troubling times. And we all have to make sure we have the armor of God on protecting us at all times. So, you know, it's not guns. It's not knives or not anything like that. We don't need any of that to be protected. What we need is the full armor of God. And um, for our podcast listeners, those links to the three stories that I mentioned, they will be linked in the podcast description if you wanted to read them for yourselves. And as you can see from the title, we'll be talking about the keys to the kingdom. And one of the gospels it mentions that um, Jesus gave the keys to Peter, to keys of the kingdom. So we'll see why. Why is that? And what are they for? What do they mean? And why Peter plays such a vital role in our salvation and why we should be listening to him? Because he knows what it takes to get into the kingdom of God. So I'm going to hand it over to Minister Tony Banks so we can take another deep dive into this topic. Thank you, Melvin. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, we always like to start by saying a prayer. If you guys are at a place where you can, please join in with us. Heavenly Father, thank you for yet another opportunity to study your word, to grow closer to you, Lord, to become the people that you're calling for us to be. Lord, we thank you for how you've blessed us to make it over to a new year. We thank you for all the things that you've done for us, Lord, that we are not deserving of, Lord, but your grace and mercy has continued to bestow blessings upon us. Lord, we're crying out for all the people sick, afflicted, shut in, Lord, people in prison, Lord, homeless. So many things that are going on in the world, people who've lost loved ones and, and are struggling to figure out how to, to go on in life. Lord, we're praying for all of, all of us at this time of need. And Lord, most of all, we pray that 
even in the midst of our storm, even the midst, in the midst of our trials and tribulations, that we would see that there is still joy in the midst of every storm. We know we're going to go through things, Lord. We know death is a part of life. We know violence. We know all the sad things come with life. But Lord, we want to still be able to see that you are in the midst of our problems, that you are there to lend a helping hand. So Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes, you would open our understanding, Lord, that you would touch this Bible study, that you would let your word go forth, Lord, that you would increase and I would decrease. Lord, we pray so many of these blessings in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So uh, again, as Melvin already mentioned, Happy New Year's to all of you. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Some faces we had seen in a while. We are definitely glad to see you guys. Um, and Melvin's already mentioned, we're going to talk about the keys to the kingdom tonight. Um, Jesus gave these to Peter. And from talking to so many people, uh, I remember it was been some years ago, I was talking to one of my friends and they said they'll trust what Jesus said over what Peter said. And now, in theory, that sounds good. That, that sounds like a fine statement to say. But there becomes an issue with that when Jesus gave the keys to his kingdom to Peter. He put it in Peter's hands. And so, in order for us to get to Jesus... We first have to understand the things that Peter told us. Jesus never wrote any scripture. Jesus didn't write a single thing. But Peter did. The rest of the apostles, some of the apostles did. So we have to go back. We have to be careful with what we say and how we think. We have to uh, be willing to humble ourselves and accept when we're wrong. Something that I've also found with talking to many of my friends we're not willing to accept being wrong. And with me, I know I've studied and I've come to the wrong conclusion on a lot of things. And being corrected is one of my favorite things there is because that gives me an opportunity to learn something. That gives me a chance to get something straight. I mean, I'm not sure... <laughs> who in their right minds whenever we were in school um, or if you are still in school now a lot of times when you were especially in high school or even in college uh, the teacher would grade your paper and show you you failed and say here I'm gonna give you this paper back to give you an opportunity to put some right answers on here and I'll give you partial credit I'm not sure which one of us would take that paper and say no, I like my answers the way they are. <laughs> I think you better take these and we give them back to the teacher exactly the way she gave them to us. That would be foolish. And so the same principle applies when you come to Christ. It's not wise to continue to hold on to something that's not true. Despite if your mother taught you that, despite if your father taught you that, your best friend, the love of your life, it doesn't matter who taught you that. If it's wrong, it's time for us to move on. It's 2020. Time's winding up. We're getting older and older. And it's now time to be wise. It's now time to receive the deliverance that God's calling for. us. There's so many of us holding ourselves back because there are things that God's been trying to tell us, God's been trying to show us, but we continue to hold on to things that are wrong, continue to hold on to things that aren't doing us any good. 
things that aren't prospering us. But because we're used to it, that's what we find uh, joy in. We find happiness. We find solace in things that we're used to. So we're going to talk about the keys to the kingdom. Uh, we'll move over to Matthew, the 16th chapter. And let's go ahead and pick up verse 16, but we'll go back up. Verse 16. Um, actually, no, we'll go ahead and read the focus verse. Go ahead and read the focus first. Uh, um, verse 18. And I say also unto thee, thou art that, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, Jesus has said something extremely profound here, but if we're not careful, we'll miss it. He tells Peter he's going to give to him the keys. Well, that's verse 19, which we hadn't got to. Go ahead and read verse 19. <laughs> <laughs> and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. It is so... We better just start from the beginning. It we better go ahead and go back up to verse uh, 16. No, let's start at 13. 13. All right, verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, this started with a simple question. Jesus asked the disciples, Who are people around town saying that I am? Who are they saying? Now, it was no different than it is today. People do a lot of talking. People have the wrong conclusion about you. Sometimes people have the right conclusion about you. But a lot of times people have a false opinion about you. But especially when it came to Jesus, they didn't know who he was. And today, we still don't know who he was. How can we know so many of us who have not put in any time to understand Christ how can we know so much better than them and they had a chance to see the man personally? How can we know so much better if we have not put in time with him? So he asked them, who are people saying that I am? And they said, some say thou art John the Baptist. Some of them say you your cousin. <laughs> John the Baptist was his cousin. Some of them said you are your cousin. They saying you John the Baptist. All right. Some, Elias, mm -hmm. and others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. They don't know who he is. They say he's one of the prophets. He's Jeremiah. He's Elijah. He, he's all these different people. He's Moses. They, they don't know who he is. They say he's all kind of people. All right. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Now he gives them an opportunity to speak for themselves. I am. He said, who do you say that I am? What do you have to say? All right. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Peter says, You are the Messiah. You're the Son of God. You're the one that you proclaim to be. All right. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed mm -hmm. art thou, Simon Barjona, mm -hmm. for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee. People have not told you this. Because what people said, people said he's one of the prophets. He's Elijah. People said he's John the Baptist. But Jesus said, 
People, you have not listened to what they said. Flesh and blood didn't tell you this. Other people did not tell you that. You didn't listen to what they said. All right. But my father, which is in heaven. You listened to God. God revealed to you who he was. Now, as a result of Peter getting this question right, we'll see just what Jesus says. And I say also unto thee, thou art that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Upon this rock he will build his church. Church wasn't built yet. The church was not established yet. He was in the process of establishing it. And therefore Peter became a part of this establishment. But now he says, Look, you are Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church. Now, the rock here, we have to spend a whole nother Bible study on the rock because Paul tells us the rock was Christ. He was talking about himself. Upon the foundation that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Christ, that is what he was going to build his church upon, that rock. As a matter of fact, Paul told us that rock followed them in the Old Testament. Christ was with them even in the Old Testament. The rock of our salvation. But I don't want to get too far into that. He said, I will build my church. All right. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The gates of hell are fighting against the gates here is nothing but other churches, other doctrines. Because Jesus tells us in uh, Matthew the seventh chapter, let's, let's go and get that. Matthew the seventh chapter. We'll flip back. We'll come right back over here to the 16th chapter. But now he said the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. Let's uh, start at verse 13 in the seventh chapter. Enter ye in at the straight gate. Now, Jesus says we should be entering in at the straight gate. But the gates of hell, these places have the the false churches, false doctrine. They have churches too. Because he said the gates of hell. Right now he's saying enter in at the straight gate. That's his church. The straight gate. It's two different churches here. All right, let's look at the comparison. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads it to destruction. Mm -hmm. And many there be which go in thereat. There's going to be some churches that are going to lead you into hell. I know that may be shocking to a lot of people, but the truth has to come out. And Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the, the truth. truth? And I know somebody's going to be upset and say, how can you say that this church is going to go to hell? Because the scripture declares it. He said, enter in at the straight gate. But there are going to be gates of hell also. Two different churches. All right. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that, that find it. Now, one gate, a few are going to find it. The other gate, the gates of hell, he said it's a broad way. And it's going to be many that go into this way. So we have a comparison of two different places here. Now, 
Go ahead and read verse 15 for us. Beware of false prophets. Beware of false prophets. There are false prophets at the gates of hell teaching you, telling you what thus said the Lord, so they say. Two different places. So Jesus talked about establishing his church and he talked about the rival churches that would come against his church. But he said they won't prevail. He said they won't prevail. He's going to tell us how we should know the different types of churches. These are the keys. These are the keys to the kingdom, the keys to God's church. Jesus tells us plainly here. He says, enter ye in at the straight gate. In verse 13, enter in, enter ye in at the straight gate. If you know what a straight is, if you look it up on Google, you look it up on Webster, whatever kind of dictionary you have, look it up on your iPhone, your, your Android, it doesn't matter. If you look it up, it will tell you that a straight is a body of water. Yep. Jesus says, enter ye in through the water. The church that's going to teach you about the water, because Jesus said in Mark 16 and verse 15, he said, look, pre preach this gospel unto every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved if you enter into the straight gate. You got to go to a place where they're going to teach you about the importance of the water. But not every place is going to do that. So let's go back over to um, the 16th chapter. And we'll go back to Go back to verse 18. All right. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, I'm going to establish my church, but they're going, there are going to be other places that are going to fight against what my church teaches. They're going to fight against it. They won't prevail, but they will fight. And they will outnumber you. He just told us in Mark uh, chapter 7. He said, there's going to be many that go to these places. They're going to outnumber you. But they still won't prevail. <laughs> Look at the power of God. All right. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. He said, I will give this to you. I haven't given it to you yet. I will give you what it takes to be saved. I'll give you the understanding of what it takes to be saved so that you can pass this on to my people. Peter, he said this to Peter. He didn't say this to Paul. He didn't say this to John, to Matthew. He didn't say this to any of the other apostles. He gave the keys to Peter. So if a person teaches what Peter said, you're going to be hated because people People dislike what Peter has to say. All right, but we're, we'll get to that. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He said, if you let them in, <laughs> they'll be free. If you bind them, they can't come in. But it's because of, because Peter did what Christ told him to do. 
He did what Christ told him to do. So let's actually we'll, we'll go ahead and read down. We'll go ahead and read down. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no, no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, like I said earlier, my friend told me that they would rather trust what Jesus said when we were talking about scriptures in the Bible. Not talking about something off the wall. We were talking about verses in the Bible. <clears throat> we were looking at things Jesus said and things Peter said. Now, in their eyes, those things were contradicting. But they were not. They were both saying the same thing. So, Jesus began to explain to his, or show them and explain to them how he must die. And now let's see how Peter responds. Now, this is the same one he told he's going to give the key to. So we'll see how Peter responds here. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. <laughs> Jesus tells Peter something, and, and he began to act just like we act. God says something is true. We say, God, that ain't true. I know because I've seen it for myself. That ain't true. That's not going to happen. We're, we're doing, he's doing no more than what we do on a daily basis. All right. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, before this, we saw how Jesus told him, he would give him the keys to the kingdom. And now we see if Peter gets wrong, Jesus has no problem correcting him. He has no problem getting him straight if he gets wrong. Now, when he's right, he lets him know, look, Peter, you got it right. Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, you're right. Upon the rock, upon what you said, I'll build my church. And the devil, nothing will be able to come against it and prevail. So even um, in another scenario, Jesus took Peter, James, and John to the Mount of Transfiguration. And he was transfigured before their very eyes. And with Jesus, they saw Moses and Elijah. And Peter said, Lord, it's good for me to be here. He said, I pray you let me build three tabernacles, one for all three of y'all. And God interrupted him and said, this is my beloved son, hear him. So we see God has no issue correcting someone when they are wrong, especially Peter. He has no issue correcting him because Peter had a job. He had to carry the keys to the kingdom of heaven. He had to give us he had to give us the information on what it takes to join God's church to be saved. 
So if there's anybody we need to be 100% right, it's Peter. We needed him to be correct. But Jesus knew Peter would accomplish the mission that he set out to accomplish. That's the reason he handpicked him. He's seen him and his brother Andrew out fishing. First time he met him. And he told him, look, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. So God handpicked him, sent Jesus here to handpick Peter for this purpose, to give him the keys of our salvation. So if we move now to the book of Acts, second chapter. So while Jesus was here, he said, it is imperative that I leave. It is expedient. I have to go away. Or if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. The Holy Ghost will not come. So now that Jesus has left, now he is going to give Peter the keys to the kingdom. This would not happen until Peter received the Holy Ghost. Because he didn't have it while Jesus was here. But he receives it in Acts the second chapter. We won't read that. But if we drop down. Uh, to verse 36. Peter is yet talking. Uh, he stood up with the eleven. Because. The multitude around. Decided that these people were drunk. But now Peter has to stand up and tell them. They're not drunk, as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. But now we're going to pick Peter talking. We're going to pick him up talking here in verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. God hath made the same Jesus. Now, he's talking to people who knew about Jesus' death. Some of them very well may have been ones yelling, crucify him. Some of those same people were probably no doubt healed by him or had family healed by him or knew somebody healed by him, knew somebody who's uh, been affected by Jesus in a positive way. And yet they still turned their back on him when he had done no wrong. And so he said the same one that you guys killed. Now he's talking to Jews. The same ones that y'all killed, he's Lord and Christ. All right. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles. Now, notice who they talked to. They addressed Peter and the rest of the apostles. But specifically, we see them addressing Peter here because he is the one with the keys. He is the one that has the information on what it takes for our salvation because Jesus gave it to him. I mean, we can't get mad at Peter if you want to get mad at someone for this doctrine. Get mad at Jesus. I talked, I was saying that to one of my friends. Uh, they became offended by some of the things that the Bible declares. I said, well, there's no purpose in you getting mad at me or anybody else for spreading this this doctrine around get mad at god it won't do you any good 
But that's who you should be mad at because this is what he desires. This is his word. And everything he's come up with is for our protection. All right. So they're pricked in the heart after hearing how they killed the Messiah, the very Christ, the one that came to save them. And they said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, Peter here is going to tell us what the keys is. Jesus said he is the door to the sheepfold. Jesus said he is the door. I'm the door. No man can come to the father but by Christ. So if Jesus is the door and he gives the keys to Peter, we still need Peter to unlock the door for us. Jesus said if any man comes any other way but by the door, he's none but a thief and a robber. But we want to come to the church some other way. We want to be saved in a manner which we feel is okay. But let's see what Peter says here. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the key. These are the keys. Repentance being baptized in the name of Jesus. People fight the baptism in the name of Jesus. They can't prevail against it though. So many churches fight the baptism in the name of Jesus, but they can't prevail against it because the baptism in Jesus' name, that's what Peter taught. Peter didn't stand up and say, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. He said, be baptized in Jesus' name. Peter was given the keys. He was the one that Jesus put in charge. Jesus trusted him enough. He knew he'd get the job done. So Peter said, you need to repent. You need to be baptized in Jesus' name. And you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. This is what it's going to take to enter into God's kingdom. This is what God revealed unto Peter. And so if we don't want to do these things, and like he already said, he said, the gates of hell, so many places are going to teach against this. So many places are going to say, you don't have to do anything. All you got to do is believe. That ain't what Jesus said. He said, believe and be baptized. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. So it takes all of these things for us to enter into his kingdom. But let's, let's go over to John, the 10th chapter, and verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. A thief and a robber. Jesus is the door. He gave the key to Peter. So in order for us to get through the door, we need Peter to unlock it. We need him to tell us what we need to do. He needs to let us in. So 
what he has told us we need to do is to repent, to be baptized in Jesus' name, and to be filled with the Holy Ghost. These are all things that they had to do. They weren't telling us to do something that they didn't do personally. I know that happens a lot where people will tell you to do something that they're not doing. But Peter, they had done this. So, oh, yeah, of course, the um, Levon says, when you guys are going to talk about prayer. When are we going to talk about prayer? What specifically? Um, I mean, we can talk about prayer whenever we can talk about prayer now. But what specifically are you like wanting to talk about? Uh, I'll give you some time to. Yeah, we know it's like delayed. <laughs> so. Yeah. But so Jesus said he is the door. He's given the keys to Peter. But we fight what Peter said. And I know if you go around telling people what Peter said today, people say, I just don't believe you have to do that. So what we find is we don't actually believe in the Bible. Because if Jesus tells us to do that, then we have to do it. Uh, Levon says how to pray in the spirit. How to pray in the spirit? Well, first, we must get the spirit. A lot of times, that's what I was talking to um, someone about today. How to listen after you pray. Uh, <laughs> that's upon us. So a lot of times we see God tell us to do something, but we don't like the answers that we get. So listening, that's, that's really kind of upon each and every one of us. If we choose to obey him, he's not going to force us to. But we can pray and ask God for things. But a lot of times, he said, we don't even know what to pray for. Typically, what we're praying for is some type of um, gain for ourselves, selfishly. God, I want to get this new car just because. Nothing wrong with my old one. I want to get this. <laughs> I want to get this new phone. I got to get all the new stuff every year because even though it ain't nothing wrong with mine, I just got to get it. And then um, how long how long to pray in the spirit? There he didn't put any time on how long he said we ought to always pray. Nothing. So he didn't put any time on how we should pray or when we should pray. I mean, because we can be praying all day. I mean, even throughout your job, you might say a prayer to yourself in your mind. God help me to get through this. So we should always be doing these things, praying for others. God, I hope that this person gets saved or I hope that they continue to be saved. God, I hope I'm in the right stance with you. So it's no time where no specific time where we should pray or no length of time. But it's definitely important to pray and, and especially um, fasting, fasting with prayer. We put ourselves into uh, our bodies into submission. 
Um, guessing there, um, Levon says, how to quit your mind and find out the will of God for your life. Quiet. So, or how to quiet your mind. Sorry. So, his will for our, everything that we want to find out is given to us in Scripture. And I know I've, I've said that to so many people, and they always, they always are like, "Well, everything's not in there," but everything is. Because there are things that I personally may want to do. I may feel I'm good at it, but God doesn't want me doing it. And he tells us through scripture. So if we can get connected with his word, it'll give us a lot of the answers that we have. But if we don't put in any time studying, and actually accepting what we find because people, a lot of people will read, but they won't accept what they find. A lot of people already have an opinion about something. And so they go into it with that opinion already established. And no matter how many times they read something different, they're still going to hold to that opinion. So being willing, willing to humble ourselves, God can show us more. That's one way to quiet your mind, being willing to listen in the first place. Because we go in a situation saying, God, this is what I want, and I'm not taking no for an answer. I better get this. LeVon said, Jesus asked his crew to pray for one hour with him. Is that a benchmark? No. No. We can go pick that up. In the He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, he knew they couldn't they couldn't do it. I think it's in the book of John. Around the end of John. Um hold on a second. Yeah, I do remember reading that, but I forgot where that was. It's in one of the later books of John. Well, I'm pretty sure it's in multiple, but I think the one we're looking for is in John. Because he came back and they were asleep. Keep the questions coming. So it's one in Matthew. Let's try one in Matthew. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. And let's see what 36 says. Okay. Yeah, let's start at verse 36. All right, Matthew 26 and verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane. I keep messing that. And saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. Mm -hmm. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Mm -hmm. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. 
And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. Now, Jesus knew what was going to happen here. He, he knew because by the end of this, I'm not sure if it tells us in this chapter, in this recording of it in Matthew, but he tells us the spirit is willing. But the, yeah, he does tell us here, but the flesh is weak. So when it comes to things of God, the flesh becomes extremely weak. Even if you go to church, a lot of times uh, a sermon, typically, not every time, sometimes the preacher gets long winded like myself. But a lot of times a service will last an hour. We can barely stand that. We say, oh, I don't have time to listen to no Bible study, to no podcast. I don't have time to go to church. But we have time for every single thing else in the world. If somebody says, I'm going to go to the concert, we're all about it. They're going to the football game, the basketball game. No matter what it is, outside of God, we're about it. But when it comes to something of God, we can barely stand an hour. That's what it says in verse 40. What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Barely. <laughs> but in this situation here, Jesus tells them, I'm going to go pray. You guys stay here. And so when he comes back, he finds them asleep. Uh, but he did, he did this multiple times. But he found them asleep. And he said, you couldn't do this one hour? All right, go ahead. Uh, where were we starting from? Uh, where we where where were we? Oh, we were, verse we were 40. There, right, verse forty. And he come unto his, the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What could you what could ye not watch with me one hour? He found them asleep. All right. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm -hmm. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying. O oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. Mm -hmm. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Mm -hmm. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Now this was not saying that we should be praying one hour increments. This actually had reference to the three hours that Jesus would be on the cross. So he's not telling us, hey, you should be praying one hour every time. Uh, but he was showing us how the flesh is willing. Or excuse me, the flesh is weak. But the spirit is willing. They didn't even have the spirit. They didn't have what it took. He's showing us what we need the spirit to do what God says. Right now, Jesus told us you must forgive your brothers and sisters for things that they've done to you. When he told the disciples that, he said, forgive them 70 times 7. They said, Lord, increase our faith. We're not even capable of doing that. Why? Because they didn't have the spirit. <clears throat> so that's why things that God has told us to do we say those things are hard one because we don't have the spirit 
And two, because if we do have his spirit, we're not willing to do it because the flesh is going to put up a fight. Our body puts up a fight. I was talking to somebody about this earlier. I was talking to a minister about this. I decided to um, try to eat better. And in doing so, I try not to buy a lot of snacks because if I have them at the house, I'm going to eat them. Even if I say, oh, I'm not going to eat any junk food. I'm not going to eat it. Even if I say that, my body has a different mentality. If I see it, my body says, you need it. You got to have it. My arms start reaching out before I even notice it. <laughs> Your flesh has a mind of its own. But to combat that, to fight against it, we need God's spirit. And that's the issue with so many of us today. We don't have his spirit. A lot of people that think they have his spirit don't have his spirit. And we won't find out what it takes to get it. So we need his spirit so that we can do some of the things he told us to do. Even right now, you try to read your Bible and see if you don't get tired. See if you don't get sleepy. <laughs> The flesh is weak. That's just how it is. But we can get our minds stronger than our flesh if we spend time with God, fasting and praying, studying, seeking his word. Mm -hmm. <laughs> looks like, um, he has a, it looks like he has another good question. God tells us to pray for leaders, nations, peace, etc. <clears throat> Why even pray if it's all a foregone conclusion with all these corrupt leaders? Because he told us to. So, we're focused. Our focus is in the wrong place to begin with. And he said, I sure do, Tony. I'm guessing he was responding to getting tired while reading the Bible. <laughs> our focus is in the wrong place to begin with. Because we're focused as people uh, on... Who's in the White House? Uh, who's at the police department? Uh, who's working? Who, who's in legislation? We're, we're looking at all of these things and not allowing God to be God. See, God, it does not matter who's the president. It does not matter who's a congressman or a congresswoman. None of that matters to God. He, his will, what he wants to happen is going to happen. There's going to be a lot of evil. See, when Jesus was born, Herod the king found out because wise men came to him and said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? They came to King Herod and asked him, where's the king at? Now, if you show up to a king and say, where is the king at? Obviously, the king sitting on the throne would get jealous. He would want to kill this other person that you claim is the king. So that's what King Herod wanted to do. He wanted to kill Jesus. And so what he did, he sent them off to find Jesus to kill him. But that didn't matter to God. Because God made a way for Jesus to escape. 
God still made a way. He he gave a dream to those wise men and told them, look, do not go back to the king. He, he warned them in a dream, don't you go back to the king. So also all too often, and it'll happen every time, God has a way for his people to escape. So it doesn't matter who's in uh, positions of authority in the world. Even if we say they're cruel, they're evil, they're not doing things that are right. Uh, even King Saul, look at how many times he tried to kill David. <laughs> Levon just commented Saul. So. Mm -hmm. Look at how many times he tried to kill David. But look at how many times David escaped him because God made a way for him to escape. God did that. So it doesn't matter who's in these positions we should be praying that God would continue to keep us that we would stay in his will because if you fall out of his will then there's no telling what will happen to you but if we stay in the will of God he'll protect us from a lot of things a lot of things will not happen to you if you are in God's will but what happens is we think we're in his will and we end up not being, and things happen to us, and we're wondering why. But if we're protected, I was talking to a preacher about this not long ago. If you look at when um, God was about to take Israel out of Egypt, he told Moses to get all the, all the children of Israel and get them to kill a lamb. And we know the story, put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. So now, God was going to uh, cast his judgment upon Egypt that night. And every place where he did not see the blood, he was going to kill the firstborn son. So, if they were covered with the blood, there was protection. It's no different than today. If we are covered by the blood of Jesus, there is protection over our life. Now, the blood of Jesus, it has nothing to do with the king, the queen, the president, the secretary. It has nothing to do with any of that. It has nothing to do with the mayor. It has nothing to do with uh, someone who you say may be racist or prejudiced or sexist. It has nothing to do with any of that. Because we're talking about the blood of Jesus. Because do you know that God, he killed all the firstborn children of every home in Egypt. It didn't matter what relationship they had with Pharaoh. It didn't matter that Pharaoh was the mightiest man in that place. Because there is no mightier than God. So we should be praying and watching that we would see what God is going to do because he said he warned us. He said he wouldn't do anything without warning the watchman. So if we're in the place that we should be, God will tell our leader. He will warn the leader and the leader will warn the people. That's what he did with Moses. He had Moses out front. He was the rock that followed them. He said Moses will lead them out front and God, he was behind them. 
He was watching their back. It didn't matter who was after them. So it doesn't matter who's in different positions or if they're doing right or if they're doing wrong or whatever. None of that matters when it comes to God because he already promised that nothing will prevail against his church. He promised us that. So that's what we should be praying for, that we can stay in the will of God, that we would get right with him, that we would, if we are, continue doing things that are right. If he would continue giving us revelation, giving us understanding. So, no, none of that matters. It doesn't matter uh, who decides to come against us. Look at Israel. Just about everyone in the world is against Israel. But that hasn't stopped them because those are God's chosen people from the beginning. They're the only nation in the world to have been a nation. And then now, or not now, but they lost their identity as a nation and they gained it back. They're the only people to do that. Because God is for them. And if God be for you, who can be against you? So we definitely can't get caught looking at who's in different uh, positions because God's not concerned with that. That's what Jesus had to get on his disciples about that, about looking in the wrong places. Because before Jesus left, they started asking all these questions. Are you going to return the kingdom back to Israel now? <laughs> they started looking at who was running things in Egypt. They said, Lord, look at the leaders around uh, Israel. Excuse me, I said Egypt. Look at the leaders here in Israel. We're not in charge of things like we should be. They're corrupt. They're taking money. They're doing this. They're beating people. Lord, look at these people. He said, are you going to restore? Let, let's go read that. In the first chapter of Acts. Uh, we'll start at verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. Mm -hmm. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, Jesus is here talking about the same thing I was talking about, talking about getting the Holy Ghost, talking about what it takes for us to be saved. He's telling them, look, you guys are going to receive the Holy Ghost soon. Now, look at what they respond. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Lord, I know you're talking about this Holy Ghost thing, but, but man, I got something else on my mind. Are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? Because if you look at the people in authority right now, man, they're just not doing right. I mean, they are so corrupt. Look at the politicians we have around here, Lord. Look at look at the hierarchy. Look at how they're ruling us. It ain't right. We need to revolt. We need to stand up. We want a democracy. They began to look at all these things. Jesus said, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. That's, that should not be your focus. Because if you get in his will, his plan, he said he's going to take care of you no matter what. 
That's what actually got us in trouble since the beginning of time. Because even bringing up Saul, back in the days before Saul was king, look at what the children of Israel wanted. They wanted a king. It wasn't God's will for them to have a king. He, he didn't want them to have a king. But they began to look at all the rest of the world. They began to say, look at these other nations. They have kings. We need us a king. We had a king. Everything would be all right. See, that's what people said. We said, boy, if we had democracy, everything would be right. If we have this set up, everything would be right. If we get these people into office, everything would be right. If we do this, boy, everything's going to work out. We come up with so many false illusions, and it hasn't worked yet. And we haven't figured that out, though. But we still continue to put our hope and trust into government. But the Bible said, the government shall be upon his shoulders. That's what the Bible said. But we haven't put the government on his shoulders yet. Because we're still looking at the government itself and not Christ. So let's look at what Christ responds here. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. That ain't your business. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about what's going on in the Congress. What should we be worrying about? But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You need a power that Congress don't have. You need a power that all these people don't have because that's not where their focus lies. I want to go pick up Isaiah 9 and 6. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. We should be looking to him. For guidance. But since we are in this world and since we see only what's in front of us, we're only focused on the mayor, the Senate, the House of Representatives, the, the president. That, that's the stuff that we're focused on and not on Christ. We say we're focused on Christ, but we're not. Because if we were the government would be up on Christ's shoulders. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, we're getting further and further away from God. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, they're trying to take in God we trust off the money. And that's crazy. And LaVon has a um, prayer request. It says, pray for Raven. She is sick. Will do. But I hope all of these things um, make sense. Because if we would focus on Christ, he would keep our minds in perfect peace. But as long as we focus on the surroundings, the politics, the legislation, as long as we focus on all of that, we'll continue to be in turmoil. When Peter was uh, on the boat and Jesus was walking on water, he said, look, Lord, Allow me to come to you. And so Jesus suffered him. He, he allowed it. Until Peter started looking at the surroundings, he began to sink. 
But had he continued to keep his eyes on Jesus and not focus on what was around, it didn't matter that the storm was there. It didn't matter that the waves were raging. It didn't matter that the wind was blowing. So if we would keep our eyes on Christ and allow him to be our government, allow him to be what rules us, we wouldn't have anything to worry about. No matter what anyone in the government says or does. So I hope these things make sense uh, because we just focus way too much on things out of our control. But God is in control if we trust God. See, I hope they keep it on the money. But realistically, we don't actually trust God. Because if we did, we wouldn't be worried about so many things that we worried about. And I, I know it's a natural human reaction to worry. But at some point, we should at least tell ourselves, look, God is in control. If we trust, when you trust something, you don't continually need to know. It's out of your control. So if we trust him, we have to allow God to be in control. We have to. And he already promised. He promised that nothing will prevail against him and his church. So once you become a part of this church, once you become a part of this great plan of salvation, it's going to be okay. It's going to be some tough times for sure. It's going to be persecutions. But God promised to take care of you. He said he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So I hope I answered, <clears throat> I hope I answered your question there. Um, if I didn't, I can go on. <laughs> I can definitely go on. But let's finish this verse, verse 8. Uh, verse 6. Or six, yes, yeah, sorry. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. This is talking about Jesus. Everything should be put on the shoulders of Jesus. Everything. And Janet says, don't lose focus in the unknown, but we say we trust God. That's what we say. We say it. But at the same time, we steady put our trust in our money, in our firearms. I was reading a lot of articles and they said um, that guns should, every church should have a gun. Now, if we believe in God the way that we say we do, why do we need guns to protect ourselves? We, we don't. All, <laughs> all, we need, all we need is to be covered by the blood of Jesus have his spirit and his protection it's definitely true but I don't have anything else um, <clears throat> I'll give an opportunity for anybody else to ask any questions um, <clears throat> Janet says lay it at his feet and leave it there That's definitely But yeah, I don't have any more. Uh, I can definitely come up with something, but I don't have anything else 
Um, unless anyone has any more questions, I appreciate the questions. Thank you guys for asking and tuning in. Definitely. You done? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll turn it uh, back over to Melvin. Well, if anybody else has any other questions, then definitely feel free to ask. And not even just when we're live. Um, anytime, the um, join the midst of the storm or even our personal inboxes are always open. And we're always happy to answer questions or any concerns or, or any prayers or anything. We can even dedicate a whole live stream Bible study to any topic that anybody wants to discuss. We are definitely open to that. And um, thank you guys for um, tuning in. Definitely appreciate the comments and the interactions and questions. So thank you all for that. And really just rambling on just to see if anybody else has any questions. But um, going back to the topic, we definitely have to look and adhere to what Peter says. Because um, as our focus verse or the verse after our focus verse mentions that um, Jesus gave him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So he knows what it takes to get there. So we definitely should um, uphold or take heed to what he is saying. And a lot of churches don't do that. And it's sad that a lot of churches are definitely all about the money. And I know I've said this plenty of times before, but I was reading an article and it was this um, guy who wanted to be a minister and he was talking to the pastor of the church and he said to make sure to have your church in a wealthy environment because the more money the people make, the more money they're going to tithe and the more money they're going to put in the offering place. And <laughs> it's, it's so sad that that's what we look to get in return when um, we're trying to spread the word of God. It should never be about the money. It's a, it should be about getting the souls saved. Um, and it was, uh, I was just listening to a bishop, um, and it says that the shepherd should be in charge to take care of the sheep because the shepherd is the one who leads the sheep. And if we look at it today, how, our, how most of the churches are around here, it's the other way around. The sheep are taking care of the shepherd. I, I guarantee you can go to almost any church. You'll see dedicated parking for the um, pastors and the first lady, as they like to call them. And they'll, they'll be in big Mercedes Benz, um, Lexus, uh, Porsches or anything. And then the members are, are poor and struggling, giving everything they have in an offering while the preachers are living big off of that money. And that should not be how it is. Everybody should have the same thing. Everybody should be working together. And I was just talking um, to my sister the other day. Um, if we all could work together, there is no limit to what we can accomplish. Now read the... Um, in Genesis chapter 11, how they tried to build a tower to heaven and how they all worked together to where the Lord himself had to come down and see about it. Definitely take um, a read on that. But we're so focused on tearing each other down. And some people call it the crayfish syndrome or the crawfish syndrome. Is when somebody ha is about to get out, get out of the basket. 
and make it big. Other people are trying to pull them down instead of trying to lift them up, lift each other up. That's that's definitely what God wants us to do. And um, we definitely have to get it to get together here on earth before we make it to heaven because a lot of people say oh i'm just gonna do my thing down here but then when i get to heaven when i see those streets full of gold <laughs> when i get all the things that's coming to me we don't even know what it takes to get there and when we talk about the bible a lot of people <laughs> they only think they think that the bible is only talking about heaven 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 but it's not it's actually talking about our lifestyle here on here on earth and how to prepare ourselves to get there. And we have to listen to Peter. Jesus told us to listen to Peter. And all of the apostles really. But in particular to Peter. Because he has the keys to get into the kingdom of heaven. And what he said in um, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. To be baptized in Jesus name. Notice that all of the other apostles were there. And that includes Matthew. Because a lot of people quote Matthew um, 19 and 28 or 28 and 19 and it says go into all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost and then they read Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 and Peter says in the name of Jesus notice that Matthew was all was there as well and he didn't say anything to Peter because he understood what Jesus was saying when he said that so um, and I believe that's what Tony, uh, what you were saying when um, you said your friend said that they would rather listen to what Jesus said over what Peter said. But if we actually have the correct understanding, we'll know that those two verses are saying the exact same thing, or that, that it's not any contradiction. And we have another um, comment. Levon says, "Good, we still have an obligation to participate in governments and not be bystanders. The violent take." Take it by force. It's in the Bible somewhere. Look at the civil rights movement. Nothing would have changed until pressure was applied. God played a role in that. He moved the hearts of many people, both black and white. Mm -hmm. God still does touch the hearts <clears throat> of people. Yeah. He still does. But yeah, um, that is true. That is true. But um, if we don't have any more questions... Um, uh, definitely uh, we can end it there so thanks everybody for the comments the questions and the concerns and the um, prayer requests we'll definitely be praying for Raven that's her name uh, Raven definitely be praying for that so thank you for tuning in and um, shortly here um, after we'll upload this the audio version of this to all major podcast platforms for you to listen anytime anywhere and if that be it, again, thank you. We hope you guys have a had a blessed new year, uh, new decade. It's twenty twenty. Can't believe it's been. I can't believe how fast time is um, going. We always tend to say that. But um, Lizenthia says, "Have a blessed evening." Thank you, Lizenthia. Join Lizenthia. Thank you. Um, you as well. So will that be it? Um, then I'll definitely end it there, and we'll see you guys next Thursday evening at the same time with another topic. So be blessed, and as always, rejoice in the Lord always. Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners here, along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at six thirty p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions, or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always. Yeah.